Hi, everyone, and welcome to Meet Me Downstairs. I'm your host and fellow mom, Britt, and I'm very excited to be sharing this stage with you. We are going to get real and honest about the different dimensions of postpartum life. We are going to be joined by a mixture of moms and experts in the field to discuss things like getting back into the actual act of sex with your partner, reawakening the joy of intimacy within yourself, the identity shift of motherhood, different ebbs and flows of relationships, and everything else in between. This podcast is dedicated to moms and our core purpose is to make sure that we are always honoring the woman within the mother. This forum is a place for us just to get together and discuss topics that may not be so easy to do in everyday life. So without further ado, let's get to it and I'll meet you downstairs. Hey everyone. So I just wanted to jump in um, before we start this episode because this episode is about feeding and nourishing your baby. And there are a lot of opinions and judgments that go on this topic. So I just want people to feel, um, I suppose, a sense of safety and knowing that whatever journey you are on is 100% okay. It is your journey. You have every right to feel that way. And this episode is supporting and encouraging all different forms. We are 100% believers in the fed is best movement. So whatever choice or road that you are down when it comes to feeding your baby or even just getting information on the different ways that you can do so, then this episode is for you. We have created a really safe space of love for the women who are involved in this episode and the women who are listening. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope that you find this episode really informative and if there are any questions on this topic, please reach out to me. I will support you and guide you in whatever way that I can. All right, let's get to it. Well, welcome to this episode of Meet Me Downstairs. I have two very special guests, Romy and Chloe. And um, today's episode, we are chatting about feeding your baby. So as we know, there's a lot of information that comes around where we're, you know, getting into the topic of feeding your baby. And especially if you sort of go down the quote unquote non-traditional route, I think you can feel a little bit lost. You know, there's breastfeeding, formula, expressing, pumping, supplementing, all that kind of stuff. And um, definitely whatever option you go with has its challenges. Um, But I just want to start off by saying that this episode is a fed is best episode. And so I have two other moms, myself, um, well, so three, including myself, I breastfed predominantly. Um, I'm now on formula. Romy exclusively pumped and Chloe was basically formula from, was it five weeks or six weeks? Yeah, from about, well, from about four, four and a half weeks, yeah. Okay, sweet. So between the three of us, I think we can cover off a lot of ground um, and just sort of like give anybody who's listening a nice big picture of the world of feeding your baby and just knowing that whatever option you go with or choice or, you know, even if it wasn't really a choice, it is 100% okay and your baby is going to be happy, healthy no matter what. Um, So Yeah, we're just going to kind of chat and shine some light on the struggles that happen when you're feeding your baby no matter what way and 
yes, this is an episode full of love. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll just start by um, letting you guys introduce yourself, um, tell us a bit about you, your family, and then we can get into the topic of feeding and your journeys in particular. So maybe Romy, I'll, I'll start with you. Yeah. I live here in Barbados with my husband, James, who's from Trinidad and our now actually today, no, yesterday, 11 month old boy, Harry. I'm from Australian born, grew up most of my life in New Zealand and then moved back to Australia and then met James. And now we're here on the other side of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And Chloe, what about you? I am a Bajan who's married to another Bajan. Um, we had our beautiful baby Nina just un- just under 10 months ago. She's like nine and a half-ish. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's kind of our family. Okay, amazing. And Chloe and I know e- have known each other for a very long time. Yes. You can we remember went to school together back we, in like when we were we tiny. Did. A long time ago. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it's wonderful to have you guys both here. And yeah, maybe we can just get into your personal journeys. Because for me, I did breastfeed and, and that, that went really well in, in the beginning. I had some supply issues um, a bit towards five months. But I really want to hear about um, you guys because I know things really didn't go, I suppose, according to plan. And um, I just think it would be really important for other women to hear some of the things that can happen or if it's happening to them that they're not alone and they have company in this journey. So I guess I'll do the same thing and just allow Romy for you to share your journey with us first and then we can head over to Chloe. Yep. Um, so I would say my, well, I can't really say breastfeeding because it was probably about a week tops of actual breastfeeding. And that came with many, many challenges as well. But I would say my kind of like journey into breastfeeding and pumping was such a rocky one. (laughs) It had a very rocky start. It was probably six weeks of a lot of tears and trying to figure out what to do and calling on people and messaging mothers who maybe have gone through the same thing finding out that I was actually quite alone in a lot of what I was going through because I just I mean Harry never latched so that was our kind of first problem he I mean look I don't want to also I mean I could probably talk for a very very long time about this but I will try (laughs) and keep it as brief as possible but he didn't latch to the point where we expressed colostrum and he didn't even kind of take it from a syringe he was just kind of like watching us like what like you want me to drink this I don't know what to do and it just kind of really snowballed because because of that they the nurses got me onto the pump when I was in hospital and I think that even though that was a good thing in the sense that I was able to get the colostrum out and then my milk came in it really drove me into this like big 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 oversupply um so he didn't latch he like oh gosh I don't even know how to even (laughs) I don't even know how to even like get this out there without it being this long-winded story but But that's okay um, you can just share it however best you feel yeah I just I got so damaged so 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 quickly and I kind of thought like oh this is pretty normal 
everyone talks about sensitivities and pain and you know bad latches or nipple confusion and that kind of thing but I think by week three I was just beside myself because it wasn't happening for me and I tried to use a guard and I couldn't use one and just I think it made it worse and then week three was a bit of a turning point because I got mastitis and so I was back in the hospital and at that stage I think I was on my like third lactation consultant and she was like I work for the hospital and I've never seen such a bad case before in my 20 years and would you want to be part of my educational document that I give my students and I was oh like, my goodness well if it helps then yes of course I just don't show my face <laughs> so it was pretty pretty bad so that's why I pumped I and the only reason why I really kept going with pumping was because I did have such a huge supply um, I think that comes back to starting pumping very soon after he was born I mean I know the general kind of consensus is don't pump until you have naturally regulated but I didn't really get a chance to do that so I think my body thought I was pumping from twi- the twins from very very early on to the point mm-hmm. where because we had him in Australia as you know um, when we left at six weeks to fly back to Barbados I donated I think about five liters of milk oh wow like <laughs> the milk bank <laughs> so yeah there was a lot of milk which was why I kept going really I think if I didn't have the supply that I had I would have given up I mean in those early weeks because it was really 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 tough (laughs) and how long did you pump for so I I made it to six months so I think I was just going by like literally by week by week I was like okay well if I get to two months if I get to three months if I get to four months like that was hitting milestones and kind of like that was a good thing for me because I felt very accomplished by doing that. Um, but at three months, I got my status again <laughs> and it was really brutal. And that was also a point where I was just like, what? I, like, I'm like, i like, I'm trapped. Like I can't stop pumping because it's going to get worse and it's so painful. And it was just such a bad kind of couple of days. But weird enough, after that, it kind of got a bit better. I had to pump more because I had to keep it going and not get any more kind of blockages but at about four months I started to really spread them out a bit so I felt like I could kind of get my life somewhat back a little bit because you know you just feel like a slave to feeding yeah (laughs) as you guys know like you just feel like you don't have a life like every it's on, on schedule you know up you're up even I mean Harry was quite a good sleeper from a young age so even when he was asleep I would be up like twice in the night pumping and falling asleep pumping and like yeah it was quite um it was quite a lot so when I got to that for about five months I really pushed them out a little bit and I you know I had such a supply in the freezer that I'd started building from when I got back that I was like you know even whenever I've whenever I give him formula I will still have a lot of breast milk to give him and I've literally got five more bags in the freezer now which I prolonged them like it's not like he has been on you know half and half like he's been on a lot of formula and bits of breast milk but um 
Yeah. So I, yeah, I made it to six months. I went to Australia on a quite like a random trip in the end of no, no end of October. And I was like, cause I was flying back from Australia with Harry by myself. I was like, I am not pumping. Like, I don't think I could physically do it. So that's that. So when I was there, I completely weaned and even made a very good, easy, swift transition to formula and we haven't had any problems. So I feel very pleased that that all kind of <laughs> went as well as it could go. <laughs> good. Oh, good. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then, Chloe, what about you? What was your experience in the beginning? Um, well, so to give some backstory, um, I actually had breast surgery when I was in my young 20s, early 20s. Um, and so I kind of knew uh, getting pregnant and obviously having a baby, there was a chance that I would not be able to breastfeed or that I would not get anything at all. There's a small chance. Um, so I went into um, having having Nina very open-minded. Like I was, you know, I'm going to try my best to breastfeed. If nothing, if it doesn't work, you know, um, it's probably because of this and, you know, I'm just going to do formula and it's not going to be a big deal. And so I went into the whole process very open-minded. Um, she was born, uh, they put her on my chest. Uh, she immediately latched and I said to the nurse, hey, um, how do I know if anything is actually you know, going to come out. And she actually held my other breast, squeezed it, milk came out. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's working. You know, I'm so excited. Um, and I really, from there was like, okay, I'm going to give this my all and, you know, it's working and we're going to breastfeed all along. Um, and she, she was great. She, she latched, she drank really well from the beginning. Uh, you know, the first few days, you know, you have her on and off of you constantly. Uh, like everybody knows you do I yes there was it was sore yes I was uncomfortable um but by about day uh maybe day three my mom my mom said hey wait um like when was the last time you changed her diaper and like Chris and I in our fog were like hey we you know we've been we've been changing diapers but we, we can't remember if they were really wet or not and she's like well just make sure you know that you're getting some wet diapers in between because that's how you would know that she's getting what she needs from you and then we started counting and it was like 10 hours 15 hours and she wouldn't have a wet bite pamper so we called the the pediatrician obviously immediately and we're like is this normal for her to not be peeing and he's like um no I think you know give her another day or two if she doesn't regulate uh you know wetting her diapers regularly we might need to try formula because she's not getting enough from you and at that point you know you get that um massive mom guilt and you start to feel like oh my gosh my body is not doing what it's supposed to do and even though I knew that this was a possibility it was still really heartbreaking and then um I just found that then like I mentally and physically I was fighting like I wanted to do it but at the same time I was so dejected that it wasn't working um and so on, I think it was about the fifth day, we gave her her first bottle of formula. She drank it amazingly. She got on the nipple. She latched fine. Um, and then immediately the, the pampers started regulating and she was, you know, she was wetting her diaper every three or four hours. So we knew pretty quickly that it was obviously a supply issue. Um, from that point, I kind of uh, wanted to stop completely. I just was like, what's the point? 
Um, there's no point to me breastfeeding. She's she's not getting anything from me. She's getting everything from the formula. She drinks it well. She sleeps well when she's on it. Um, and my husband kept encouraging me. He, he was like, you know what? Even if she's only getting a little ounce a day, at least she's getting a little bit of that, you know, special stuff from you. And uh, he really encouraged me, even though I would cry all the time because I would breastfeed her for like an hour and then she'd drink three ounces of formula. And, you know, at that age, that's basically her whole stomach. And it would just make me so angry that I would spend all this time. And then it was really not for anything. Um, but he really encouraged me. He's like, look, let's just try and get it, get her to a month. And if we get her to a month and it's still not working, um, you know, you can feel free to stop. And I'm glad he did because I did get to keep having that kind of bonding with her and her on me, even though maybe she didn't actually get anything. <laughs> and then down towards the the four weeks, her, her being four weeks, when I was pumping, I would pump for an hour and get an ounce between the two boot, my two my two breasts. And I just knew that it was it was not gonna it was not working for her or me. I was crying a lot, you know, she was getting frustrated. And so I stopped and I was not ready for the guilt that I would feel after that. <laughs> which yeah. was um even though I knew it was like in your in your mind you know you're fine but it was still very like why I should be doing this and you know am I being selfish for not doing this anymore and you know go backwards and forwards but I think it was the best decision in the end and I mean she's done she's done amazingly she she hit every single marker she's growing fine she took the formula fine she never had any reactions you know to anything so it was the best decision but I will say that breastfeeding for me was very traumatic and when even when I think back now to those early days with her that that whole process is just so scarring which is is bad because it's supposed to be this special like bonding time with your baby and I just I really hated every moment of it, if I'm honest. I, I, can, I, could, I could understand that. <laughs> I could understand that for sure. Yeah. And there's just, there's so there's also so many other ways that you do bond with your baby. Because I think there's, you know, that's what you hear a lot when you breastfeed. And I mean, yes, I did. And that I did have wonderful bonding experiences with my son. But there are so many other ways that you can do that as well. So, you know, if there's people who are listening that are, having a rough time with breastfeeding and it's not going well and you're concerned about that bond like don't worry about it because you're caring for your baby you're still feeding from a bottle you're changing diapers you're snuggling you're doing all these other things that are um, taking that place so that bond is going to happen no matter what yeah I could actually say that when I when we switch to the bottle um, as much as I had that kind of like mom guilt, I also felt like a massive pressure lifted off of my shoulders. And so when I would feed her on a bottle and we were snuggling, it was it was so much more peaceful and more happy for both of us because I wasn't fighting her and feeling frustrated and, and crying. I did a lot of crying, as I'm sure every mom does in that first month. <laughs> There's always a lot of crying. But I would say that, yeah, I as much as you hear that and you read it in the books and everybody's like, oh, you know, you need to have him or her on your chest in order to bond. I didn't feel that way. And I definitely felt um, the, the bottle was was just a, a fine way for me to bond with her. So, yeah, for any other mom struggling is for sure is for sure fine. Yeah, because the bonding I remember having these feelings of like jealousy with my husband because 
he was feeding Harry and I was this like pumping slave on my like pumping throne we called it because it was like this chair hooked up to this like machine um and I didn't really get any of those moments with him like I couldn't have him on my chest because I was in too much pain I had my unplanned cesarean so it was just I couldn't really cradle him for a long time and I would watch James have these lovely little bonding sessions with Harry feeding him every single feed and I was like quite jealous (laughs) because I was like what if I'm missing out on these crucial bonding moments and I felt like that for a good few weeks and James really had to and then I felt like oh I can't pump and feed him I would just be doing this all day every day I wouldn't even have a chance to breathe and James really had to like encourage me to kind of do some of the feeds as well because I was feeling like I was missing out but then at the same time weirdly I was so tired that I didn't want to do it because I was like oh I want to sleep well instead of pumping I I need to sleep and then James needs to feed him and funnily enough I don't feel any I don't feel like I missed any now I don't feel like I missed any bonding moments like I don't feel less bonded to Harry because of the way we started out together it's so strange so I totally agree with all of that (laughs) and that's so important to to know and I know that there's you know all of these opinions out there and judgment that comes from everybody you know your family members your friends like strangers I mean I I remember just personally like luckily for me I, I had a great experience with the breastfeeding in the early stages um but I remember just being out in public and people that I don't even know well would just come up to me and be like oh are you are you breastfeeding like oh that's great that you are you know you want to do that as long as you can I'm like I didn't ask for your opinion but there's just (laughs) so much I I mean but I don't know about like what you know having not or maybe for Chloe having gone straight into the formula like did you have people asking you these questions like what was that experience like for you yeah for sure I mean exactly that question that you would you were talking about you hear anytime anybody sees you and a newborn baby you know um how's it going are you breastfeeding uh I would say that my family was very very supportive um I guess because especially like my mom and my mother-in-law saw me in those like really awful moments of crying hysterically they understood that I was trying you know and it just wasn't working out uh, but yeah you'd see like just random people in the street hey are you breastfeeding and if you said no like I had somebody actually look at me and be and say how could you do that to your child and I was thinking to myself um well it was either a uh, feed her formula or she'd die of starvation I mean what what do you want me to do you know like and, and why does it matter anyway I and I think I think a lot I think for the people that have kids that ask you those questions I'm a little bit like shame on you, but it's the people that don't have kids that you kind of understand because they just think, you know, there's like a, it's a fairy world and it's going to be fine. And if any, any mom who uh, has never, I mean, any woman or man who hasn't had a kid ask me questions, I'm very, very honest about it because I feel like a lot of people weren't honest with me. Um, and, but it's those like, you know, distant aunts that come up and try to shame you and you're like but you have kids and you know how tough it was like I tried to you know not be ashamed of it uh, but it is something that I think culturally right now we are told that 
you know, breast milk is the best thing and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have all these weird additives and you don't, you know, don't, you know, what's in it and it's natural and blah, blah, blah. And as soon as you start giving your child something out of a tin, then it can't be healthy because it has sugars and it has this and it has that. And all of that stuff goes through your mind. But at the end of the day, it's like your child has to be fed. And if you aren't capable of feeding them, you have to find the next best option and, yeah, so it's made me a lot more sensitive now when I when I when there are new moms, I'm around new moms and um, I like to listen to what they're they're going through because and, and not pass any judgment and not ask those questions like are you breastfeeding straight off the bat? You know, let people talk to you about it rather than make you feel uncomfortable. I think there's still a lot of shame around people that go straight to formula. Um, I think pumping and, and is, is tough in its own way, but at least you can say you're giving your child, you know, breast milk. But as soon as you tell people that you're straight on formula and the baby is only four or five weeks old, there's immediate judgment that comes. You'll be surprised though, because I, I often felt like I had to justify to people who I really didn't care about justifying it to, but, you know, you feel like you have to at some time, like, you know, in some conversations that like I would get asked the same question, are you breastfeeding? And I'm like, well, yes I'm not feeding from the breast but I'm pumping and and I got to a point where I was like why do I feel like I have to justify this like it actually isn't anyone's business and even if I was just giving him formula that is a hundred percent fine as well but it's weird that like I even even pumping exclusively I felt like I still had to justify what I was doing and then of course I don't want to get into the nitty-gritty with everyone about like how I got to pumping because it is not that pleasant but weirdly enough people ask the question and you're just like huh all right (laughs) is this necessary but you know I guess they just don't understand or haven't yeah like I said you know they haven't gone through it or it's perhaps a little bit insensitive or yeah and then what what was like, how was the pumping for you? Because like you said, you know, Harry was sleeping pretty much through the night from a very early age and you were still getting up. I mean, there's just like a lot of demand on you physically to do these things. Like, I mean, I, yeah. I pumped a little bit throughout, but I mean, it was a lot. I mean, I was messaging you. You were like my pump guru. <laughs> All these questions that I had and just, you know, it's so demanding. Like, how is that? How is that for you? I mean, you, you did such a good job to just get to get to six and seven months. Like, yeah, it was, um, it was super, super demanding. I think what got me through in the end was that I was able to, um, get to a point where I felt like I had a really good routine but that really in itself took such a long time because I went into this completely blind like I never thought I mean you know my mum had three kids naturally and breastfed all of them and like all of my friends who have had babies seem to have had these pretty I mean of course you never know what's going on behind closed doors really but everyone around me seemed to have had these pretty easy breezy um, transitions into breastfeeding and it was so hard for me and so like just getting my head around the idea that I had to pump was so much work and once that kind of clicked together it did get easier Um, but it's funny because I remember thinking just before I stopped pumping completely I was in Australia and I went to visit my grandmother and I just 
I took my pump, but I was only there for two days and I actually didn't end up pumping when I was there at all. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like this is like a taste of freedom. <laughs> like, And so I didn't feel guilty, which is so bad. I feel, I do feel a bit bad about it, but I just felt like, oh my gosh, like this is like a revelation. I can't believe that I don't have to get my pump out and do this. And then when I did get back and I did pump one more time, I was like, I can't do this. Like even just one pump a day before bed, I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> it's just so much work. But yeah, I don't know. It just, it was such a process. I mean, process. yeah, even going out and having to pack all of those things and. Yeah, well, I just, you know, I just became a professional pumper. Yeah, I you were. Really, I was a professional pumper. I went everywhere with my Medela bag and my charger and my pre-cleaned, pre-sterilized, pre-dried, pre-put together parts. And, you know, if I had to pump in the car, that's what I did. If I pumped on the plane, I put up a privacy screen and that's what I did. If I pumped on a boat, <laughs> like everywhere and anywhere and having a, um, I think having a portable pump that didn't like, that was chargeable, that didn't have to you know plug in everywhere I went that was quite a revelation I that was that made it a lot easier and you know just having everyone around me who I was with like in my family my immediate family knowing what I was doing I just could do it anywhere and everyone would do their best to help out and help with Harry or you know, so yeah, having those around you knowing exactly what your situation is, I think made it really a lot easier as well. I will say that that's one thing about having a baby with formula is that anywhere that I went with other like new moms who were either breastfeeding or pumping, uh, they just saw me pull out the bottle and shake and feed. They were like, that's so easy. Like, <laughs> like that makes me want to, to switch over. Like that, I mean, I will say that formula is really the easiest thing ever. Like you just pack it, you shake it, you stick it in their mouth. You don't have to like get undressed. You don't have to sit in a yeah. corner and pump. I mean, it, that's the one pro, I guess. Yeah, it's not, not an antisocial thing because pumping can be super antisocial. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to remove yourself from the situation you're in. Like, although... Look, I mean, you always see the kind of light in your situation. You always try and see the positives in the situation you're in. Like, there are times where I was like, wow, once I kind of got into my rhythm, I was like, you know, I'm making this work. And sometimes it was really good. You know, I would pump in the car if we were going to dinner. Like, there was a memorable dinner where everyone was already seated at the dinner table at a restaurant and I was pumping in the car and I walked in gave the bottle to James, Harry was in the bassinet, he fed him, I sat down, I had a glass of wine, I was like, oh, like, this is good. I, you know, it's those high moments that kind of make you think, oh, like, I could, I could keep doing this. But of course, it's the low moments that you're just like, oh, I can't. <laughs> and there are plenty of both. I think those come in every scenario, yeah. for sure. Because, totally. I mean, there's so much going on, well, physically, emotionally, whatever, births you had you know you had the unplanned c-section um did you have a c-section chloe 
No, I actually had a, a fully natural birth with right. no epidural, nothing. Just oh shit, girl, all <laughs> the <Damn>. pain. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. and Rome's you went a long time too without an epidural. Yeah, I was about. It was. Hmm. I mean, you know, it all gets very hazy as you guys. It would does. Know, but yes. Five a.m. start to epidural at I think. 5am the next morning yeah James is nodding he's like oh yeah James remembers Um, but it's because he was posterior so the pain was bone crunching unbearable so luckily my my mind has actually removed a lot of that yeah it's amazing how that happens (laughs) natural birth is like massive hats off for sure because I I got to six hours and I was like um let me what just get this. <laughs> let me do this thing. This thing that I said I was never gonna do. I'm gonna do it now. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, I think because I went in there, like I went in. I had heard a horror story about epidurals, which I think probably just threw me off. But like, I kind of went in, like I'm gonna try and do this until literally I can't do it anymore. And I mean, it got it got to the point where you think you can't do it, but at that point, I just was like, you know what. You're let's so just crazy. let's just deal with this and get yeah like get through it and to be honest when I when I was over I I, I think you were talking about this Brittany in one of your in one of your uh, videos but like I felt like Wonder Woman like I had just gone through gone to the gates of hell and come mm-hmm. back <laughs> and I had a child and I made it and I just felt I, I felt very like superwoman for a long time after <laughs> well yeah we 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 all are <laughs> exactly exactly sure. I mean I don't think that I think that, that like childbirth in whatever format that you you give birth just kind of gives you that sort of like ultimate woman feeling like mm-hmm. I think I felt that for a long time afterwards because I would think I was in so much shock initially because I just did not prepare for this in the slightest and I think it was a while after that I was like whoa like this is crazy yeah like what what you just did after all of that stuff you know there's all that there's so much going on even emotionally your hormones are all over the place like you're just trying to figure out what way is up and so there's lots of things happening in your body on all levels just you know wanting to sort of narrow that down into the world of of feeding your baby and what that was like for you because for me I was breastfeeding and I we I didn't express or pump or anything like that until I had reached one month and I didn't even we didn't even do a bottle so for me I was like exclusively breastfeeding for that first month and those first four weeks were by far the the worst of all Mm -hmm. um and I remember just feeling like I literally felt like a cow like I just felt like all my a lot of my interactions with Mav were if he was crying, I mean, yes, I could soothe him, but the happy moments, I felt like he was spending more with Christian. And then the minute that he cried, he was being handed back to me. Mm-hmm. So I almost felt this this weird, like, what if he doesn't even like know me or he doesn't even love me? Like he just thinks that I'm just his food supply and like, that's it. So those were like some of the feelings that I were having. Like um, I had, I did have a clogged duct, but for the most part, I think my supply was great for him in in the beginning, like exactly what he needed, no more, no less. Um, And then it just continued to drop from there. 
but for the most part like physically it was okay but I think emotionally it was taking a bigger toll on my body and then of course like being up and um, I didn't even know there was a thing called cluster feeding that was crazy because from about four till six thirty in the evening he was literally attached to my breast like I couldn't even get up and eat or do whatever because if I took him off he would be crying so that cluster feeding which I didn't even realize was a thing that happened nobody tells you about it I was like googling why is this happening messaging my pediatrician and um, hearing about cluster feeding and being like oh shit this is what that is that's crazy why is nobody talking about cluster feeding so even in breastfeeding, like, yes, it sounds like this whole magical thing, but there are pros and cons to that too. And self-judgment or guilt, because sometimes I thought that maybe I wanted to stop. And then there was also this pressure to continue. Like, even if I wanted to stop, I felt like I had to continue. Mm -hmm. And when I just stopped recently, I mean, I mentioned this to you, Romy, I, I felt relieved. Like, I felt relieved that I could could finally just like do the formula yeah. I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to continue to do this thing because I felt like that was the right thing to do and it just felt like this massive weight that lifted off my shoulders when I finally like relieved myself from all of that yeah that's so, a good feeling yeah it feels nice and of course if you're breastfeeding all now like cool that's great yeah this is <laughs> you know what if it's gone swimmingly for me I probably would still be breastfeeding because yeah you know, I would love to have done that, but it just. But Brittany, how did you how did you deal with um, like not not having anybody else that could that could feed him? Like, I guess uh, for me and Romy, we would have our husbands be able to give the bottles in between. But like, I can't imagine if you were predominantly feeding feeding from the breast, like not being able to have anybody else help you, so you could get that sleep in. <laughs> Yeah, it Everyone's it was a lot. Like I I just felt like I was always in demand and there was a few nights or or moments where I almost resented Christian. At the very beginning we were sleeping in separate rooms and so he was sleeping all the way through the night and I was up, you know, every hour every 2 hours to feed Mav. So I felt a bit of resent towards my partner, even though there was nothing he could do and it was my choice not to give the bottle. I was feeling like my baby was just using me for food and not anything else. And then I felt like I didn't even know who I, like I almost felt like I didn't even know who I was anymore. In the, the first four weeks were really, really tough. And then it just got better. And then the more, I think once my supply regulated, then I felt like I was a little bit more in control. I then started to give feeds to Christian. Um, I was using the Haka a lot, which helped me to just get that one or two bottles that he was giving a day. But I tried pumping. I didn't have a great time with that because I don't think I was like creating supply that was beyond him. So if I tried to pump in between, I wasn't getting a lot. So I never really had a big um, stash in the freezer. So yeah, I felt like there was a lot on my plate and um, that definitely like took its toll on me emotionally, which was hard because you also like feel sometimes I felt really annoyed with Mav and I didn't like that because I 
I just was like, why is it like, why, why are you hungry again? Like, I just want a minute. Like I just need some time for, for myself or like to shower or whatever, you know? So once those first four weeks went and then I was able to like Christian was able to then come in because he also was going through his own thing emotionally. He felt like he couldn't do anything for Mav. So he felt like if Mav started to cry, he was like, well, I can't even soothe him. I can't soothe my own child. I have to hand him off to you. So there's so much emotion going on in your little house unit in those first couple of weeks. So you just got to like give yourself a, a break every now and then. But it was tough. I felt... I felt a lot of things. <laughs> There's a lot of things happening. Yeah, <laughs> in every every scenario. And then, of course, there was like spontaneous leaking too. I mean, <laughs> Romy, you probably know that. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and I always knew it because I was on such a like a schedule from from day one, really. So I was on like every three hours for weeks and weeks and weeks. And like, you know how when you are breastfeeding everyone's like well it regulates and about the six week mark like because I think it was you know I had put myself in this position through using a pump from so early on I never really got that regulation until my supply did start to eventually lower like drop off a little bit so every I mean it was every three hours and then at like two hours and like 55 minutes I would just get this like let down I'm like oh gosh, I've got to go, like, but I would beat the alarm, because I always have these pumping alarms set for, like, nine times a day or something, and then if I were out a little bit longer, or if I wasn't near the pump, and you just get these, like, letdowns and leakage, and it was just, it was a lot. I mean, I suppose, Chloe, for you, it was fairly easy from that, from that point, like, once you sort of, like, gave yourself permission to release this pressure that you had on breastfeeding then you know was there much that happened for you when you were stopping or because the supply was low in the beginning it just felt like it it was just normal it definitely was not I think as hard as somebody who obviously was you know had a great supply um I had just you know I was probably between pumping and feeding her maybe five times a day and then like the day that I decided it I was done the next day I was like okay I'm, I'm only going to pump three times very little bit pumping and then by like the, the next day I pumped twice and then by like the third and fourth day I was just expressing in the shower and I was kind of done in maybe five six days and I, I mean I, I obviously because my supply was never great I never had leakage or uh, like any of these stories, you know, where people go in the shower and the hot water comes on them and it's like spruing everywhere. I, I never experienced anything like that. I just, um, and I think the fact that things finished so quickly um, really was a testament that, you know, things weren't working for me. Um, I did try the like cabbage and the bra thing and that did not work and it made things worse personally. <laughs> I don't think I would recommend that if, I don't know if you guys tried that or not, but. I did. <laughs> I had some major moments of desperation with having, I think because I had the mastitis so early on, it was three weeks um, postpartum that I at any like hint of hardness or soreness or redness or anything, I was like in kind of panic mode because I just didn't want to go through what I went through again. I mean, I was in hospital for a few days and it was just 
not pleasant. So I definitely tried the cabbage, although I made the mistake of using the red cabbage. Um, and like, so I froze it and then I was running out the house because we were going, I think, for a swim. And I was like, oh, let me just, you know, get my mind off it so I can kind of relax my body a little bit. And perhaps it will just kind of like next time I pump, the hardness will go away and it will kind of release and everything. And of course, I completely stained up my swimsuit with this. I'm like, oh, that was not good thinking. <laughs> but I thought it worked because next time I pumped, it was fine. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a. I I think I might have left mine in too long, and it like made things like soft and soggy instead of dry. I I don't know. I don't know. I I also I know you said you went into it blind, Romy, but I also did that. I like I was not somebody. Who, who like did a lot of research before I, I I didn't even really research delivery I just wanted I knew that if I did a lot of research into having a baby and what it was going to be like to deliver her and then those first few weeks afterwards I would just freak myself out and I was just more like you know what people forever have been doing this my body will just tell me what to do when I when it happens and I'm not going to do a ton of research um, so I hadn't even like done a lot of research in, in breastfeeding I didn't do any classes you know we just literally wong it um so a lot of the time when things were happening it was like had to google or like call somebody well you're in completely territory like you just have you have no idea what you're doing and I mean what you're saying is exactly right like that's exactly what I did I just had no idea that it would be so hard and I the one thing that I was always quite because you know you do all this like research and you do research into like because I you know I had a private midwife and I thought I was going to have this lovely like candlelit water birth and not what I ended up having but I didn't go past that so the whole afterbirth I was like oh yeah like people say it can be quite like uncomfortable and painful and stuff but I was completely underprepared for every part of birth <laughs> and so like I don't want to be like I don't want to be the bearer of bad, bad news because I've got plenty of friends and plenty of people that I know who've had wonderful experiences and would do it again tomorrow if they could but I was like whoa it doesn't go that way for everyone <laughs> do your research <laughs> yeah but I think if you talk to people and you like really get into the nitty-gritty every mom has a challenge it might not be breastfeeding and it might not be you know that they had a c-section but everybody has stuff that they didn't expect. You see, my challenge was not colic or was not a baby who didn't sleep. My baby slept and my baby did not have colic and he didn't really cry properly until he was four months old. So of all the hardships I faced in my early months of being, you know, post-delivery, I could not relate to anyone talking about witching hour or my baby won't stop crying or my baby's not sleeping. I'm like, huh, I'm not the person to talk to. But if you want to talk about sore nipples, I'm your person. <laughs> no, but, you know, so it's true. Everyone has their own ups yeah. and downs and there is no like concrete way to go through this 
person. And Nina was great, a great sleeper, like slept through the night from six weeks and she never had colic and never was gassy and never was fussy either. So like I, I actually found that first month, if I was to remove breastfeeding from the equation was actually really pleasant and it was a lot easier than I expected. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, she was an easy baby, but it was just like literally the only, I would say kind of like blemish on my, that, that beginning experience was breastfeeding. Yeah. I would totally, that's, I'm the same. That's my experience too. I don't even remember, I can hardly even remember breastfeeding for a week because I'm that traumatized by it. <laughs> it's like, you know, like you don't remember parts of your labor. It's like, I don't, I said to James recently, I was like, did I ever breastfeed Harry at night? I can't remember. Like I have one memory of breastfeeding him on the couch and that's it. But I did it. I know I did it for a week, but I can't remember. And I think it's because it was a traumatic experience. Yeah, so like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that actually breastfeeding would be the thing that I would, it would make me pause to have another baby. Like everything else, I could do the delivery again. And I actually had a really awful pregnancy. I was sick all nine months. It was pretty horrendous. Mm-hmm. But I would still do all of that again if I could just remove breastfeeding from the equation. <laughs> but you can. You can choose yeah, you can. not to. You can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. When, when that time comes around, I'll think about it. <laughs> Look, I am, I'm booking in a C-section next time, and I'm very proud to say it, and I'm not going to attempt to be back because I don't want to put myself in the position that I was put in the first time around. So yeah. I just think, like, you know, if you decide you want to have another child and you do not want to attempt to breastfeed, don't attempt to breastfeed like because you need to remain sane in this whole crazy <laughs> experience and that's if that's the best way to do it then that's the best way to do it like I I'm very unapologetic unapologetic about not wanting to attempt a VBAC even though it's a question that I do get asked <laughs> which is ridiculous in itself I know <laughs> but. but what would you say you know for because both of you and you especially Romy in a lot of ways like your plan so to speak did not happen so what is some sort of like advice that you could offer to other mums who perhaps their their plan didn't go the way that they wanted to go and now they're in a situation that they never thought they would be in yeah um I would say that I'm all about research but I would not plan anything so I felt grossly underprepared for what I ended up going through Um, I wish I had done more research I wish I had kind of just you know you don't want to put pressure on yourself that I want to do this and I don't want to do this I was very stern that I did not want to have a c-section but it became apparent quite fast that that was the way that I was going and I felt quite panicked when I was in this hospital bed feeling so tired and so overwhelmed. And I I looked at my midwife who was not really my midwife that I knew because the shifts had changed. And I was like, what happens in a C-section? Like it was so, I I don't want to say, I don't want to spook people out. And I don't want to say that you're not going to get the birth and breastfeeding experience that you want because so many women do. And I think that's amazing. But I personally wish I had been a bit more prepared for both of those elements because they're such important, huge, huge parts of having kids. <laughs> like, and you're remaining like sane, you know, 
I don't know, I research. Yeah. <laughs> that would be my number one recommendation. No plans, but research. And then just in general, you know, I think when it comes to feeding your baby, there's so many unfair standards that are placed on on mums Mm -hmm. so I think it's amazing that we are able to have this conversation and just open up a a door to the different ways that you can feed and nourish your baby and each one is wonderful you know so if there's any just I suppose joyous and positive moments that you had feeding your baby in the way that you did do it um and then just a way you know just a few points on breaking down those barriers and removing the standards or the and the shame that we're placing on mums because I know we've heard time and time again breast is best and um I just want to just to provide women a lot of just some comfort in knowing that whatever they're doing is is likely the right thing for their child I just think you have to be, um, and I didn't learn this for a little while, but I just think you do have to be confident in your like decision and you just have to back yourself and know that what you're doing is the right thing for you, for your sanity, for your baby. Um, I mean, I personally know that if I had, so with my, um, so it was five lactation consultants in the end, um, with the first four, they were so hell-bent on getting me breastfeeding that no one took the time to even look at me and say, hey, she's pumping for way too long. Like, she's not using the right size gland, you know? Like, that took so much time. And it wasn't until I got to Barbados that I saw one more consultant and she was like, if this is what you're doing, let's keep doing it because it's working. So I wish I kind of was given a bit more confidence in the early days to actually be like, you know what? If I don't breastfeed, I need to know what my next step is, you know? And I didn't have that confidence in the time, like during, in the thick of it, you know? So being kind of sure of what you want and what you think is best for you is very important. And that's what I wish I knew (laughs) in the early days. good advice. (laughs) And what about you, Chloe? Yeah, um, well, one thing that I wish um, is that I had, I guess, got help. I, I know you said you had uh, five or six lactation specialists um, in the beginning. Uh, my mom kept being like, let me call somebody. Let's let's get you some help. But I just didn't want someone to tell me that I was doing it wrong. And I'd already given her formula with from a nipple, from, you know, uh, from a bottle, obviously. And, you know... I had just, in my head, I kept hearing all these people say, you know, you're not supposed to give them a nipple. You're not supposed to give them a bottle because that will throw them off. Nipple Nipple confusion and all that. And I just didn't, I couldn't bear in that moment dealing with all my emotions to have somebody come in and tell me, you know, you did this wrong. And because you did this, you messed up this process. Um, So I wouldn't allow anybody I wouldn't allow my mom to bring someone in or, you know, get help because I, I just couldn't. I think I was so emotionally um, broken at that point. I just couldn't have one more person tell me <laughs> that I was doing it wrong. Um, now, maybe if I had had some help early in the days, things things may have been different. I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I would say some degree of research and help, um, but also, like you said, just being really confident in your own 
decision and, and and knowing you know once your baby is thriving and things are going well and they're hitting their markers and they're putting on weight it doesn't really matter you know as long as you're both happy and fed mm-hmm. um and you know what they say was happy happy mom happy baby like at the end of the day you 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 have to be in a position to uh, give that love and care to your child and if you're exhausted and 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 in pain and emotionally broken you're not going to be able to be there so to just make make that decision you know make the best decision that you can and and be okay with it and you will have people who talk down to you and you'll have those especially the older ladies that are very set in their way that will you know give you the look for whatever decision you're making but um once you and your partner and your baby are happy (laughs) You know, I think that's that's all you really need to focus on. That's the only thing that matters. And then I just want if you could just pick one sort of like really happy or it doesn't have to be a singular moment, but just like a, a happy time from feeding your baby in the way that you did. So, you know, for me, I being having breastfed my son, I did thoroughly enjoy it once we got over the first couple of weeks it was something that I will cherish forever and um, you know I just think that it was just such a unique feeling to be able to, to to connect in that particular way of course there are many other ways to do it but I'm just happy that I was able to do that with him and he would always give me this like little look up when he was on my breast like during the day and he was awake and that was something that I found just really happy and and joyous and I would love to hear from your own experience I think not being like a particular moment but I think that it was joyous when I got the hang of it Mm -hmm. and I knew that I was doing this for a reason and that Harry was thriving from what I was doing so rather than because I mean I I don't even know how to explain it. It's like a whole kind of like, I know I'm doing the right thing. He is thriving. He's sleeping. I know how much he's getting because it's all measured out in bottles. That made me very happy. That's amazing. (laughs) That made him very happy because he was always content and slept very well. So in all the kind of hard parts and there were probably more hard parts than there were easy parts I would say those moments where I had these realizations of like wow like he's thriving he is gaining weight he is getting so chubby he's sleeping well I'm staying sane like when that was happening I was like okay this is this is good I'm happy we're all happy (laughs) love that and what about you Chloe um I think uh, I will say, you know, like, I know I am the, the the formula one in here, but I will say that I did actually, once I got over the initial, you know, pain of the latching, I did actually really enjoy having her on me. Um, it was that kind of like, you know, special little snuggling time. Um, but even, even more than that was when uh, we, she did start to get formula. She did start, you know, having her regular diaper changes and sleeping better. And I could see, I mean, even though she had only been with us five or six days before she got her first bottle, 
like her whole self changed so much um, as soon as she got that first full bottle and she got, I guess she was full for the first time and she was happy and uh, she started, you know, sleeping regularly and we got into that, that routine. And I think, I think for all new moms, as soon as you start to get a grasp on your routine and you, you kind of know what to expect and what's coming, that's when the, the peace kind of comes over you a little mm-hmm. bit and you you understand yeah. that you're doing the right thing and that you uh you and your baby are you know making progress and learning each other and learning how you're gonna you're gonna continue uh, you know with your life together so yeah I mean I, I so I just wanted to make sure like I, I did really actually enjoy the breastfeeding I wish it had worked out um but I know at the end of the day uh, I, we did what's best for both of us <laughs> It's funny you say that because, I mean, your breastfeeding experience was longer than mine, but I do remember having one. That's what I'm saying. Like, I can't remember other times when I did it because I think I just, I can't, it was it was traumatic and I can't remember, but I do remember having a moment on the couch. He finally, like, latched properly. Jomaina had a guard on as well, so there was that too. But my midwife was there. She was, like, elated. I was elated our dog Ziggy like sidled up to me was like trying to like touch Harry and I was like oh my gosh this is so good like that was a nice feeling too but so I can understand even though it was very short-lived it was very I was like wow like I got it I did it but it was then a week later I was like I can't (laughs) yeah you have those like little little moments of like really nice niceness intermixed with all with all the horrible stuff yeah, <laughs> forget about all the bad stuff, and then like it gets bad again. I'm like, oh gosh, no, no, back on the pump. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you guys so much for just sharing your stories with me and with with everybody who might possibly be listening. You know, because I think this topic in general comes with so much attached to it. So it's nice to be able to just chat openly and and share because I think, you know, especially for me and and just a testament to what you were saying, Romy, about not necessarily doing the research. I mean, if breastfeeding hadn't worked for me, I wouldn't have known other options, you know. So it's important that we get to share this stuff so that there are people out there who who have I mean this conversation or other conversations like this for them to go and research or for them to feel comforted or they're not alone and I mean there's so much that can come out of just positive conversations like like this you know so I just really appreciate you guys taking the time to to do this and maybe bring up some old things that didn't feel great but um everyone is a positive story in the end because we all have our babies here who are healthy and happy and we all got into the flow of our own ways and actually we're all on formula now and we all breastfed in the beginning so we actually did have similar journeys they just went you know in different different ebbs and flows of it all Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very glad you're doing this because I would have actually loved something like this to listen to in my early days and I did look and I didn't find, so I would have enjoyed listening to just real stories and maybe getting some tips and tricks and hearing what other people say and what they've gone through. I felt like I didn't have that to 
have a little support when I was going through my my particular low points. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes trip. you're not sure who can relate, you know. So that's why I wanted to have three, all three of us do it because yeah. someone can definitely relate to me, someone will definitely relate to you, and someone will definitely relate to Chloe. Yeah. And um, there's just love on all three all three sections. Yeah. And I just wanted to ask Roman before we go, if there's anybody out there who is exclusively pumping, what pump did you use? Because I know you really enjoyed that. So I um, I used the Medela. It was the double electric. Um, I fell into the Medela because I was given a hospital grade Medela when I was in hospital for three days. So I rented that one and then... I when I realized that pumping was a part of my future I we went and found a double electric and I liked it because it was very portable and the charge lasts very well (laughs) um however next time around thinking that you know this might be my future again at some point I think there are a lot of options now these days for complete hands-free pumping Mm -hmm. So I'm very curious to see other options, but I had a really good experience with Medela, and I had a good experience with their customer service too. So, oh good, <laughs> and both, and you put me onto the Hacker as well, which I had a great oh, experience yes. with. Yes, because I did not enjoy pumping, and I did when I when I had to go back to work, I did pump, and um, it wasn't like great for me, and I think that's what started my, possibly started the drop in my supply. But I'd had ebbs and flows of of my supply dropping throughout my experience. And I think that's why I have ended now because I couldn't regulate his demand. Mm. So, yeah, but the hacker was wonderful. I couldn't regulate either. So even though I was on the other end of the spectrum with massive oversupply, there are hardships that come with that as well because I felt like I could never – ever wake up in the morning and just feel normal I mean it wasn't until I stopped pumping that I woke up without you know without pain yeah had these moments where I was in sheer panic because I didn't have my pump near me and I needed to pump or it was closer like I needed to pump sooner than I thought or that kind of thing so the haka was amazing and I loved it and I would always recommend it to yeah um but I I do think it may have played a part in keeping my supply up because instead of just letting one side rest I was essentially double pumping and then double pumping if that makes sense yeah so it was like a pump and a half and a, then you swap or how, whichever way you end up doing it so um research <laughs> yes. yeah. oh my gosh well any any final thoughts from from any of you good luck to everyone and it's it's fun <laughs> And, and, and as scary as all of this may have sounded to anybody thinking about having babies, <laughs> the babies are way, way worth it. Yeah. <laughs> all of this, I would, you know, she's she's amazing, as I'm sure you, both of you and your guys. Are. I would always say this because I would always like, I would spill out all of my experiences to those who would ask. And then I was like, oh, like don't take it as a negative. Like, you could definitely have a different experience. Than I <laughs> you know, there are lots of positives, but, you know, so it, it all is great. But yeah, yeah. And I'm also like just being really truthful and honest with anybody who talks to me because, like I said, I feel like either our moms don't remember 
or they were built hardier than we are because they're always like, oh, it's so easy. Like my mom made um, childbirth seem so easy and she breastfed easily and everything was, there was no big deal. And so I was like, either you lied or you forgot. <laughs> because... But I also think that it's different times. Yeah. And I think back then, whether they admit it or not, there was this um, sort of stereotype of mums just doing it. And I'm sure yeah. that there were feelings underneath the surface that perhaps didn't get a chance to come out. And one of the great things about our time is that people are getting real and honest about the different things that come up in motherhood. So and they have the means to explore and yeah. ask and people yeah. are more open and you have more support because people are much more vocal yes. about experiences, which I think is really, really important. Yeah. My mom, I, I know because I was with my mom for six weeks. I was from birth to six weeks. We were in Australia, like I said, and she was like, oh, you know, I do actually remember. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> it was like, it was bringing things back. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm just so grateful to both of you. So thank you so, so much for doing this and, and sharing your stories. And I'm sure that um, a lot of people will be super grateful. So my love goes out to both of you and your wonderful, beautiful children, Nina and Harry. And um, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank yeah. You. yeah. Let us know if you get any feedback or questions. Like always, always happy to to chat with new moms or potential moms or people thinking about having babies. <laughs> you know, yes. we're thank open you books. So much. I love that. And then maybe if you guys are comfortable, you can share your social. Um, handles if anybody did want to reach out to you or actually you can just go through me and I can always put you in touch maybe that's the best thing to do um, yeah, if there's good. any questions but we'll close off this episode here um, lots of love to everybody who's listening and I hope that this was informative and comforting for you guys that's a wrap on this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And I can't wait to continue to bring these wonderful stories to your life. Meet Me Downstairs will always be a platform that supports and honors moms in whatever shape or form that they are in. So we can't wait to just continue this wonderful epic journey together. All the best and we will chat with you on the next episode.